This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Five, have you ever heard of eco-anxiety? Essentially, it's, um, it's severe anxiety related to the existential threat posed by climate change. Being so worried, so stressed out over climate change, and of course the calamities that it causes, that it's difficult to function. Panic attacks, depression, things like that. And it's something that clinicians are reporting seeing more and more often. We're talking about it today because of a case reported by Vice News. It's the case of Howard Breen, a 68-year-old eco-activist who's been involved in countless over-the-top, some might say radical, some might say efforts as a member of the Extinction Rebellion. He's, he's super-glued himself to things before. He's gone to jail. He's undertaken hunger strikes, okay? This is, this is the level of engagement that we're talking about here. Now... He's seeking, well, not now, he's been doing this for a couple of years, as a matter of fact. He's been seeking the right to access medical assistance in dying, medically assisted suicide, to deal with this anxiety. And he's been denied. He says, if we don't change direction immediately and dramatically, he is so concerned by what's going on with climate change that he doesn't want to be here anymore. Um, clearly, we're talking about the extreme here, okay? This is the outer limits of where this is going, but Breen himself says he recognizes it's a form of mental illness. He has a doctor who's diagnosed it as such. But as you might expect, this is a, it's a real gray area. Uh, it's not actually recognized as an official mental illness. There's a lot to get into. So to help us figure all of this out, we're going to chat now with uh, Kiffer Card, who is an assistant professor with the Faculty of Health Sciences at Simon Fraser University. Kiffer, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. So let's just start with the condition, as it were, eco-anxiety. Did I describe it properly? Is, is that what it is, basically, just an extreme form of anxiety over climate change? Yeah, that's exactly right. I think lots of people have worries and concerns about climate change, and that's normal because there's a lot of uncertainty about how it will impact our lives, and you know, it's good to worry about things like that. And uh, But when that worry becomes debilitating, when it makes it so you can't concentrate on the things you need to in life, um, that's when you start to consider this as something greater, something we describe as distress or anxiety. Okay, so once we get into that territory of, as you say, distress or anxiety or whatever the case may be, we start talking about mental illness. Now, not all mental illness is officially diagnosable. I mean, Describe for us how something becomes an official diagnosis and why that even matters. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of um, what we mean by official diagnoses, um, but the, the really gold standard in psychological medicine is the, the diagnostic um, manual, the DSM. Um, and uh, that manual is basically a document that a lot of people put a lot of energy into to try to define what are the legitimate kind of uh, experiences that people um, have with regards to their mental health. And then from that, developing out, you know, how do you treat those different disorders? So how do people qualify? How do people uh, receive help for that? And so I think that's really important. I think um, it can affect things as to whether, you know, in some jurisdictions, whether, you know, mental health services are provided and covered for. 
Um, it can affect decisions such as uh, uh, the case study that you mentioned um, with whether or not somebody can access the MAID program. Yeah, so I mean, it's important to have that official diagnosis category. Um, more and more of this, you're seeing more eco-anxiety? I mean, not to this extent, I wouldn't think, but how, is this becoming something that's you know being presented more often among clinicians? Yeah, you know, as uh, the... Uh, uh, the experienced impacts of climate change are becoming uh, here in BC. We had the heat wave last summer. We had flooding. Um, the thing. Okay, hang on. Climate. Hang on there, careful. You were breaking up and, for just um, a sec. Can you can you can you go back to not the very? Yeah. We, so go ahead. Can, yeah. So the, the I mean, with the with the as people observe climate change happening and as affecting their rising like heat domes, flooding those sorts of things, that is certainly increasing people's levels of anxiety. We had a study on going during the found that there was a 13% increase in people's levels of climate anxiety uh, before or following the heat dome as compared to before. And so uh, people are increasingly worried and concerned, and we get constant uh, contact from uh, healthcare providers wondering, what do we do with this? How do we treat it? Um, and I think it's because there's a lot of stigma and around, you know, people view it as maybe more of an issue of politics than they do of medical care. And I think that's just, um, you know, that's wrong. I think it's, uh, it is something that people are grappling with and struggling with, and they don't really have the tools and resources and supports they need to manage uh, that type of anxiety. Is there any parallels? Like, I was trying to think, you know, over the course of my lifetime, I think maybe around the Cold War um, and, you know, some of the nuclear scares that happened in the 60s, was was that kind of palpable, life-changing anxiety something that was common? I mean, other than that, have there been other historical instances of something like this? Yeah, you know, people experience distress for lots of different reasons that may not be categorized as their own medical diagnoses. Um, and so it's important to think that the people who are experiencing these severe levels of distress where they're debilitated, they very well qualify under other medical diagnoses, such as depression or anxiety or psychosis. And there's lots of things that can also co-occur. And so you can imagine that uh, anybody who ruminates or really starts to think about a particular issue and it consumes a lot of their thoughts, that can have that. So uh, people have uh, also applied for the MAID program for things like uh, rising housing prices even, uh, you know, and so that level well, yeah. of anxiety, I think you're right, that maybe during the Cold War there was probably a lot of anxiety and palpable tensions as people were puddling under desks and drills and yep. in fear of what might happen with regards to nuclear weapons. Um, I, I was kind of interested to find out that we worry about what's causing the anxiety. It seems to me that the mental illness is the fact that the anxiety is becoming restricting or, or whatever the case may be. It may be causing depression. I didn't realize that the, the origin or the cause behind it was part of the official diagnostic. It, it would seem to me like if you've got lung cancer, they don't look at it differently, whether you got it smoking or you got it through asbestos. Okay, you have lung cancer, we treat it. If you have anxiety or depression, okay, you have anxiety, depression. But I guess you have to go back to the, 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 the root cause. Is that why it's something that we're even talking about? Yeah, I think the treatment is a little bit different. If you can imagine you're experiencing anxiety because of, uh, you know, other things that you have control over in your life, uh, then there's, you know, a counselor might tell you to work on, you know, changing your thought patterns. It might tell you to uh, try to address those underlying causes. I think the reason climate change and other things like it are unique and need to be treated differently 
is because people actually are very, they have very little that they themselves can do alone to address uh, climate change. And so that threat, that existential threat is kind of there. They don't have the resources or the power to eliminate it from their lives. Um, and also, we just can't simply tell people, ah, you just have to forget about that. And uh, so you see that's uh, kind of an issue, whereas, you know, if I'm dealing with stress at a job, I can make changes, you know, I can, you know, I can find ways to cope with my job, I can switch careers, you know, there's lots of different things we can do. And, um, and so that's why the origin matters. Uh, of course, you know, mental health is obviously very differently than uh, chronic diseases like cancer and heart disease and all those sort of things, uh, in that it's always difficult. If you have a person in front of you with depression, you know, if you have five people in front of you with depression, it's not clear what caused yeah. any one of their depressions, and it's not clear how you can treat each of those depressions. Everybody's case is going to be slightly different, and so you need to take that into account as you put them. Now, back to the medical assistance and dying component to this story with Howard Breen, and we sh- and again, this is the extreme you know example that we're using to tell the story. Um, mental illness previously wasn't reason to be able to access medical assistance in dying in Canada, but that's changed recently, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was was a fairly recent change, and I think think the original intent of the MADE program was not to have, um, you know, mental health as a qualifying. It was more designed for people with terminal acute illnesses in which they were experiencing acute suffering and pain, you know, from things like cancer. And, uh, and, and, and of course, as, uh, as time has gone on, we've uh, broadened our, our thinking and the medical, uh, yeah, even mental health conditions can be under some circumstances, a reason to access the program. Uh, Kiffer, I really appreciate your time. You're breaking up a little bit, so I'm going to let you go, but thank you so much. Great conversation. Thank you.